podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with the Hockey Art Co. Hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Just enter the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. This is episode 68. I'm Ben. Welcome along and happy new year. We've got the match reports from an exciting week in the Britain division, the exclusive coach's thoughts and the player of the week. Uh, also in the news, some movers and shakers in the Britain division rosters. Josh Abbott has departed the Oxford City Stars and returned to the Guildford Phoenix in the Wilkinson. And also Tommy Huggett has announced as departing in Victor Dynamos and shortly after was announced as signing for Chelmsford Chieftains. A really good signing for the Chieftains there to bolster their attacking lines as they have been the... Uh, the sufferers of suspensions, as we say, in the first part of the season. We will also have our very quick catch-up with Erin this week, who has been spearheading the Adams Angels sort of charity thing to get every single club in the country a, a catastrophic bleed kit and other sort of first aid things that they may need should that unfortunate occasion ever happen again. Uh, so we'll be catching up with Erin very shortly. Um, to the start of 2024, saw a very rare occurrence in the Britain division, a mid-week game. Uh, and considering the start of the year is normally bogged down with illness, holidays and other commitments, a good crowd was in the hangar to see two full rosters as the Solent Devils snuck a road win out of the Slough Jets as Steve Bosman started 2024 with a bang, scoring four goals and assisting the other that Liam Coleman got. Uh, goals from Smittle, Holocker and Minter were not enough for the home side as the Devils took a 5-3 win at the hangar. Right then, into the action from the weekend. Six matches in total, with all but one of the division's teams involved, and we will start on the Saturday, as always, with the early face-off down at Planet Ice in Gosport. The Thunder rolled onto the south coast, missing a few, but determined to provide a stern obstacle for the Devils. As is usually the case with Solon, as they are so good at home, they took an early lead when Oscar Evans scored on 2.47 for 1-0, assisted by Necrosavicius. Both teams exchanged penalties in the first period, but it, pit, but it remained 1-0. Into the second, and the visitors bit back early when Josh Hickman assisted Mark Austin on 22.03 to make it 1-1. The game continued to be cagey until the home side retook the lead when Scott Cooper assisted Mason Wilde on 32.47. Just after the restart, Thunder took a penalty when Barrow sat for two on 33-11. And in the resulting power play, Alex Murray extended the lead to 3-1, assisted by Coleman and Steve Osman with his 700th career point on 33-52. The Devils would start the third on the penalty kill after Coleman took a slashing penalty on 39-38. And after the Devils killed the penalty off, they had a power play chance themselves when Coney sat for high sticks on 4609. Both sides took penalties on 47-56, with Hutchinson and Howe sat for roughing and cross-checking respectively. After the Thunder returned to full strength, the Devils pushed further ahead when Osman and Lackey assisted Alex Murray for his second on, for 4-1 on 48-57. 
A man of the match for Dan Norton for the Thunder facing 70 attempts. And Steve Osman continues his second consecutive man of the match as the Devils make it four points from four so far this week before heading down to Invicta on Sunday. On Saturday, Invicta headed up the M40 to Oxford and found the Stars in sparkling form at the start of 2024. It took just 14 seconds for the host to take the lead when Dylan Hullaby assisted Bailey Hyde pitcher for 1-0. On 6-10, Stevenson took two for roughing and in the resulting power play, it was the Stars who scored when Hullaby went unassisted on 7:47 to make it 2-0. Short-handed goal. Just over a minute later, the Dynamos pulled themselves back into the game when Tom Saw scored on 9:01, assisted by Lashek and Sprigger Hughes. Chances at either end saw both goalies coming out on top, but on 17-13 it was a tied game when Tom Saw netted his second, assisted by Lashek and Bell for 2-2. Into the second, the turnaround was completed when James Laming scored for 3-2 on 23-49, assisted by Thune and Bronyman, pouncing on a defensive error. The Dynamos then scored again, but it was ruled out. The Stars then made it a level game when Travis Penny scored, assisted by Williams for 3-3 on 26-15. Shortly after the restart, the visitors retook the lead when Ruskin Springer Hughes went unassisted to make it 4-3 to the Dynamos on 27-27. The Stars were creating their own problems in the D-zone, leading to the Dynamos extending their lead when Brandon Chard, assisted by Lillis and Harris, made it 5-3 on 32-16. On 36-46, the Stars made a one-goal game when Hyde Pitcher assisted Hullaby for his second to make it 5-4. Into the third, a miraculous work by Owen Ryder kept the visitors in the lead before they extended it again when Dan Scott scored, assisted by Brodyman on 47-57 for 6-4. Shortly after the restarts, the Stars fired back through Ben Neversell, assisted by Harris for 6-5. But on 51-08, Brodyman took two for slashing, and in the resulting power play, an error from Miller in the Stars' net allowed Invicta to grab a shorthanded goal through Stano Lascek, assists to Spring Hughes and O'Neill. The Dynamos made it 7-5 on 51-30 with a shorthanded goal. Despite some power play attempts in a short period with an empty net, it finished 7-5. A much improved performance from the Stars, but the strengths of the visitors shone through in the end. After the game, Kyle Catlin caught up with the Stars' head coach, Shannon Taylor. Um, game reaction with Oxford City Stars coach Shannon Taylor uh, Shannon tough result really um, but a much much improved performance over the 60 minutes yeah it's um, it's always frustrating when you come away with a loss naturally but um, you know we've had a very tough 2023 I asked the guys to work their bag off to do everything that I asked of them and what was really nice is that we can start to see the style and the systems that I'm trying to input come into fruition. So, yeah, very disappointed with the result, naturally, but I'm really enthused by the, um, by the level of performance. It was, it was a much more competitive game from our side. So, yeah, lots and lots of positives. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the shots on goal reflected what you've just said there, Coach. Um, 47 for the visitors, 43 for ourselves. Um, off the first period, 2-2 on the boards. Um, what was the difference in the second, did you think, from Invicta? I think it was just, um, you know, we, we took the foot off the gas, I think, for the opening five minutes of the second period, which was a little bit disappointing. Um, we then spent the next five minutes trying to recover from that and just understand where we were kind of mis- misplacing the passes and doing some silly things. And then the last ten minutes of the second period, we were back to our best. So, you know, it, it was a shame. We took five minutes off, which is, is disappointing. But, you know, overall, the performance was really, really strong. We were able to recover that. We didn't let our heads drop after a couple of silly errors. So... You know, all in all, there's huge amounts of positives to take from the performance. Cool. Uh, player of the game, Dylan Hallaby, a very solid performance from the import. 
Yeah, it was nice to see. And, you know, Dylan, Dylan fully deserved his man of the match. You know, the, the nice thing is I could have given that to any number of guys today. There were probably five, six, maybe even more players that deserved the man of the match nod. So, yeah, I think um, it's nice to see him get his personal recognition. He had a great game, scored a, scored a very nice goal from a horrible angle. So, yeah, lo- lots of things to look up for. The final game of Saturday night saw the Chelsea Chieftains head airside to face the Slough Jets, reeling from their midweek defeat to the Solent Devils and making a good start to this tie, the first of a double header between the two. The home side took the lead on just 46 seconds when Seb Moore assisted Jack Goodchild for 1-0. The Jets killed off a lingering penalty in the sixth minute before the visitors equalised with a goal from Alan Lack, assisted by Cam Bartlett on 10.36. A few minutes later, Chieftains turned the game around when Cam Bartlett went unassisted for 2-1 on 13.42. However, the Jets hit back quickly when Christian Moore went unassisted on 15.51. On 18 flat, the Jets took a bench penalty for too many men and on the power play, the home side managed to pick the pockets of their visitors and take the lead when Jack Goodchild went unassisted to make it 3-2 on 18-38, short-handed goal. Into the second, and Alan Lack took an early cross-checking penalty, which the Chieftains killed off, but he sat down again on 31-22 for charging, and in the resulting power play, Jacob Minter assisted Christian Moore for his second to make it 4-2 on 32-46, power play goal. The Chieftains clawed their way back when Lack and Porter assisted Cam Bartlett for his second on 36-27 and despite having a late power play from a minter delay of game penalty, the visitors couldn't find the leveller. Into the third and they did find it when Maltsev assisted Ollie Bulldog for 4-4 on 41-51 but the game, as it had been doing, ebbed and flowed back in favour of the home side when Christian Moore completed his hat-trick, assisted by Hemmings Mayer on 45-28 to make it 5-4. Shortly after, Holocker and Goodchild laid on for Sebmore to make it 6-4 on 47-57, and after Alan Lack sat for his third penalty of the game, this one for Sashing on 54-23, the Jets compounded the Chieftains' misery when Jacob Minter made it 7-4 on 55-10 power play goal. That's how it stayed, man of the match performances for McGibbon and Bulldock, and all back to Chelmsford for Sunday night. Sunday night then saw the return to the Riverside for the Chieftains and the Jets and the first period was very tight, no quarter asked or given until the game exploded on 13-33 when the Chieftains thought they'd taken the lead however goalie interference was called and probably rightly so for me there was a definite contact on the keeper and you'd certainly not want it to stand if it was scored against your team. However the Chieftains did take the lead a few minutes later when good work from Bulldog and Barnes Garner left the puck rebadding off McGibbon and Lee Jamieson in the slot fired it past the flounder in Nettie for 1-0 on 17-15. Into the second, the home side came out with a singular mindset to control the period and that they did, starting when Bulldog fed Porter down the left and he cut the puck across the circles for Halden Barnes-Garner to tuck home from the slot for 2-0 on 24-37. Straight from the restart, the Chieftains extended their lead when Jamieson released Damon Porter on the odd man and McGibbon blinked first as Porter tucked the puck neatly past him for 3-0 on 25-03. Slough called timeout, and although Chieftains bossed the remainder of the period, including a tilt between Grant Bartlett and Lewis English, it remained 3-0. Into the third, and the Jets had an early power play chance when Dan Hitching sat for two for hooking, but the home side killed it off, and upon returning to full strength, extended their lead again when Grant Bartlett poked forward to Sasha Maltsev, who went through one-on-one, drew McGibbon out and slotted past him for 4-0 or 45-11. Shortly after that, great defensive work by Lack fed the puck to Cam Bartlett, who released Grant Bartlett over the blue line into the right circle and smashed home top corner for 5-0 on 47-51. 
As the Chieftains pushed again, they found themselves on the penalty kill when Lack sat for two for roughing, quickly followed by Jameson for holding, and in the five-on-three, the Holy Trinity struck, robbing Lorde of a well-deserved shutout. Seb and Christian Moore fed Jack Goodchild, who finished well for 5-1 on 50-29 powerplay goal. The game continued to be a bit spiky, and the penalties continued as Ty Cathcart sat for two for a cynical trip on Bulldog, and in the resulting power play, Russell and Bulldog assisted Sasha Maltsev for a close-range finish for his second to make it 6-1 on 57-44 power play goal. On 58-18, Rayner sat for two for boarding, and in the resulting power play, Seb Moore pulled one back for the Jets on 58-59-08 power play goal. The game of peace in this double header, both will be frustrated at the game they lost, but thrilled with the game they won, keeping the pressure on the league leaders Streatham, where we head to next. The Oxford City Stars head to the high road as the league leaders return for 2024 and they made a good start against their visitors who aren't having the best of time still trying to get their roster to click. Stretton welcomed back team captain Ryan Watt and on 4.04 he was awarded a penalty shot and duly slotted past Miller for 1-0. The Redhawks pushed again and after a series of rebounds including the puck coming off both posts Josh Ely Newman back from suspension made it 2-0 assisted by Ben Ely Newman and Miles on 5.56. A tight period aside from the penalty shot and the rebound, perhaps Oxford were looking to put the cat amongst the pigeons on this Sunday night in South London, but as the second got underway, the home side expressed their dominance, and after killing a bench penalty, they made it 3-0 when Skokan and Painter assisted JJ Pitchley on 24-15. 4-0 when Painter and Josh Ely Newman assisted Ethan Lane on 26-26, and a few minutes later it was 5 when Burnett and Martin assisted Ziggy Beasley to finish just from the right of the slot, 31-34. The Red Hawks weren't done there either as Painter grabbed his third assist along with Pitchley and Ethan Lane to grab his second goal of the game on 33.08 for 6-0. After a short delay for a repair to the bench wall, the home side pushed further ahead when returning captain Ryan Watt got his second of the night assisted by Painter on 35.55. Into the third and the Stars were struggling to maintain any sort of offensive pressure and if not for Miller could have found themselves even further behind. The home side did however add to their tally to make it eight when Ziggy Beasley got his second goal on 44-57, assisted by Josh Eady Newman and Jared Lane. Shortly after, it was nine when Briggs and Toombs assisted Russell Martin on 46-27, and Toombs got in on the act as well on 47-24 with a top corner finish from close range for 10-0. As the game was winding to a close, some physical play saw both sides take penalties, but it wasn't until 58-46 when the away side broke Danny Milton's heart when Williams and Bundock assisted Aaron Moody to make it 10-1. Watt and Stevens with the Man of the Match awards, another double weekend for Oxford travelling to Slough and hosting the Chieftains as they try to get some points on the board. After the game, Stretton Redhawks player coach Ben Painter, a great game for him with four assists, gave his thoughts to ZPG. Yeah, we went into the um, the, the new year with a, a single header weekend against Oxford, uh, just uh, one game on the Sunday at home. Um, and... Yeah, it's, uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect, to be honest. Um, going into that game, Oxford are a team that have had a, a far, far more positive sort of performances as of late. Um, I've had a bit of a shake up there with coaching, which sometimes just um, shakes up the whole team. Um, so yeah, they, they've had some good performances lately, and it's, you never really know what Oxford team is going to turn up and, and what you're going to get. So it's, it's difficult to. Um, difficult to sort of judge how the game was going to go I mean we had, we had nearly three weeks off um, which is always hard to get your feet and to get your feet back under you and, and find your game again um, 
but we we had a skate Thursday, and I was really pleased with the intensity and the work rate of the boys. Everyone seemed excited to be back, so I think that that helped. And we went into this game, and I wanted us to be on the front foot right from the start. I wanted us taking the game to them in our own building. It was it was busy busy crowd, and it was yeah it was good to to sort of take control of that game early on and, and really dominate possession um, from start to finish. Really, um, we uh, and I think really like in a game like that, it's, it's quite easy to get away from from the, the little things, um, especially when the score starts to get ramped up a little bit um, on past teams we've played for. Guys have got a bit selfish maybe and looking for points and things like that, but we, we, we haven't had any of that this year. It's been it's been refreshing to see that all the boys are sort of buying into playing the right way, no matter what the situation is, and, and we, we maintain them good habits. And Yeah, I was, I was pleased with the performance, and, and the boys really did sort of... Um, buy into how we want to play and, and hopefully we can continue through January the the way we went through December. Um we're really starting to find our find our mojo a little bit and, and it is it's it's good to, to see sort of our performances are starting to get really consistent now. So yeah, it was um good to get started. Um and yeah we look forward to going and playing a double header against Invicta next weekend. It should be a, a real good weekend of hockey. The final game of the weekend was a guaranteed barn burner as the Solent Devils, with four from four so far this week, headed across to Kent to face the Invicta Dynamos, themselves looking for a winning weekend. The game started at a frantic pace and the home side took an early lead when O'Neill and Laschek assisted Tom Saw for 1-0 on 137. On 2.33, Lillis took two for cross-checking and Solent hit back immediately when Murray assisted Mark Pitts for 1-1 on 252, power play goal. The early turnaround was then completed when Necrovicius assisted Dan Lackey to make it 2-1 on 3-13. However, the home side hit back when Saw and Bell assisted Stano Laschek to make it 2-2 on 6-12. After that crazy start to the period, it seemed to settle and both sides found a rhythm. Into the second and the pace returned to the game and it was flowing until 33-20 when Laschek turned provider again for Ruskin Springer Hughes to make it 3-2. However, the Devils weren't going down without a fight and equalised again with a first goal reversal as Pitts assisted Murray for 3-3 on 39-45. Into the third and a bench penalty for Solent for too many men on 48-33 gave the Moes a man advantage and they took it when Bronyman and Springer Hughes assisted Tom Saw for his second for 4-3 on 49 flat. The game continued to be tight with chances at both ends but it was the Devils who struck when Perella Fox assisted Dan Lackey for his second on 57-20 to make it 4-4. Into overtime we went, and after the Moes went close, a break by Osman saw him brought down, but he missed the resulting penalty shots. After five, it remained 4-4, so it went to penalties. The goal is without doubt having the best of the shootout, as both sides take ten penalties. The winning one for Solent, coming from Drew Campbell after he scored, and Taylor stopped Madstoon. An incredibly dramatic game down at the stables after a three-point weekend. Dynamo's head coach, Carl Lennon, gave his thoughts to ZPG. So our weekend started in Oxford, fully expecting, I guess, a reaction from them after our last performance there. Just before Christmas, we, we were 7-0 victors, shutting them out in their rink, which, of course, I'm sure sat on them nicely over over the break. Um, and within 14 seconds, uh, we found out just exactly what the um, the game was going to be about. They put one on the scoreboard immediately and, you know, a back-and-forth match basically ensued. We We had a pretty... Slow start in the in the first period. We went two 0 down very quickly, and thankfully two goals from from Sorzy managed to pull that um, back. And um, after the the first period break, we we knew that we could um, get the result if we just sort of kept our noses in front. And 
like I said earlier, it was a pretty much a, a back and forth game, pretty scrappy across the board. But I guess with both teams not having you know games over the Christmas period, that was to be expected. And um, you know, ultimately, we're happy that we managed to to get the the win um, and close out that result. Um, Oxford is never an easy place to to go to. Uh, I think I said before Christmas that we've we've always historically struggled there, and there were a few hairy moments at the end. But ultimately, we we managed to get the job done, so I was very happy with that. Um, and on Sunday, we faced Solent, uh, a, a different proposition altogether, a team that we've not had any success with this season so far, and it was most definitely the closest game that we've had with them. Um, we we tied three periods. That says everything, I guess. And I think ultimately we were a little disappointed that we sort of passed up the leads that we had in the second and third period. And at vital times we could have really seen ourselves as victors, but we just made a few unforced errors that that handed Solent the initiative and brought them back into the game. Um, so that ultimately was 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 a frustration. Um, moving into Oak T, we were we were good. I thought we managed the game quite well. We had more scoring chances than they did in in that period. And um, we just couldn't find that killer touch that that would, you know, secure the secure the win for ourselves. So it was a shootout, and um, my first as a, as a coach to experience at least. And uh, again, a lot of the players probably their first experience of that in a in a league fixture, and that's a lottery, right? So we we hoped that we could be, um, you know, the the one that got the extra point as a result of that, and we weren't unfortunately. I think both teams shot nine or ten um, against each netminder, and so ended up with the with the extra point. So, uh, like I said, a, a disappointment in that way. But I guess three points across the weekend, we can't be unhappy with. I think that's sixteen out of our last eighteen points available to us. So, we're we're pretty happy about that. Um, we now dust ourselves down after that that um, that loss in the shootout and. And move forward to, to next weekend. We've got a very tough weekend ahead of ourselves. We've got Streatham um, in the cup and in the league um, across uh, across one weekend. So uh, a very difficult proposition. We know that their form has has improved um, over recent weeks. We've been watching from afar, and uh, we expect that they'll come fully prepared and uh, ready to play us after some, I guess, disappointing performances against us in in the early season. So. Week of good preparation for us, and um, yeah, look forward to uh, to getting um, into the games with them. And uh, I wish you all uh, a happy New Year. And after an incredible six-point week, two road wins, player coach Alex Murray gave his thoughts to ZPG. Yeah, obviously delighted with this week for us. I think um, coming into the start of the 2024, it was uh, important for us to. To start off on the right foot, and I think having the the three games on the bounce of the Wednesday rescheduled game with Slough was always going to be a difficult one with guys coming from work, finishing late, and arriving either during warm up or you know as the national anthem were playing. We had some guys still getting cut up, so I think it was a bit of a free hit there against Slough, and the guys actually played really well. That Slough themselves played well. I think Aaron in goal had a great game, and Aussie popped up with some really important goals and. I think it would be fair. I think Slough would fairly say that we've we've been pretty even and competitive this year and we deserve to take at least one. I'd maybe say more myself, but I'm slightly biased. But really happy with that result Wednesday. And then Saturday we, 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 we took on MK at home and they came and played really well. They were 
they were really positive in their forecheck and really aggressive and physical and we were missing quite a few guys. We picked up a few injuries from Wednesday, a couple of players unavailable, but that's no excuse. We <clears throat> we were we were well matched for most of that game and um eventually, you know, we, 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 we got a bit further ahead and held on and took the win there. And then after picking up both of those two results, we knew that Sunday was really important in Victor. And even without, um, you know, four of our top ten, five of our top ten in the lineup, the guys showed some great resilience. Lots of players stepped up and had great games. Um, I thought Aaron and Nett played absolutely fantastic. And to get us to shoot out and Drew and Luke, you know, come out with some important shootout goals. And Aaron made a great save at the end there to get us the... The win, I think that clean sweeps us for Invicta and puts us in a really, really good place now for the league. And it doesn't get any easier. I think our schedule, you know, the next month or two sees us playing the likes of Streatham and Chelmsford regularly. And, um, you know, some doubleheaders now will start creeping in. So a real big test for our club. I'm excited to see what it can bring. Wow, what an incredible weekend of league action. And after all of that, we have to pick a player of the week. I guess it can only really be one man. Hi, it's Justin Wong, Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks, given Britain Division Player of the Week. This week's Player of the Week, then, an incredible six-point week, scoring four goals, nailing two assists, notching up his 700th career point in the process, and despite missing a game-winning penalty shot, this week's Player of the Week is Sona Devils' Steve Osman. Steve Osman, Player of the Week. Fantastic week for the Solent Devils. Now then, we are going to get to this chat that I've been promising with Erin Rose. We've finally got it done. We have uh, we tried to sit down video-wise. Technology just was not letting it happen. So, uh, unfortunately, if you're on YouTube, you're just going to see a still picture for a little bit. But uh, so pleased to be joined on the podcast by the Raiders physio, Erin Rose, who spearheaded the Adams Angels initiative. How are you doing this evening, mate? You all right? I'm all right. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you so much for joining me. We've been trying to get no, this done. No, thanks for having me on. We've been trying to get this done for a little bit of time, haven't we? So, after, obviously, the, the tragic death of Adam Johnson up in Sheffield at the end of uh, October, um, you, as obviously, as a nice hockey physio, would have, I'm sure, sympathised with the people that were there on the night and having to deal with that. Um, so, where did, uh, yeah. this, is that, did the idea come from from that thought? No, no, it really didn't. Um, so, the idea, I was, um, I was a little bit bored in a hotel room, oddly, in um, Austria. My son was out on a training camp with NHA. Um, so, initially. My idea spurred from a therapy directory. So, um, I mean, I, I think all medics around the country sympathised with those guys that had to deal with that. It was absolutely shocking. Um, I personally know two of the individuals involved. So, um, initially, my main thought was, well, what about those teams that don't have anyone? What do you do? Um, so, I started a therapy directory uh, where I started contacting all the teams just to try and get cover. And I put a shout out on therapy pages uh, for guys willing to come and work in British hockey. Um, so we filled quite a few roles within sort of 48 hours. D-Side Dragons were one of the first. Um, we managed to get my friend Robin Krebin in there. They know them guys really well. So that that got lined up. Um, and then from there, I think I saw a campaign, it might have been from, <coughs> excuse me, Bristol. Bristol Pitbulls were doing a um, campaign for Bleak Kits, I think. So then I came up with this idea of, 
how cool it would be if I could get some for us guys in the National League. Because uh, that's the league I work with, Raiders. Um, so I set up a Just Giving page, um, put a shout-out on social media. And the rest was kind of history, really. Um, I had a good friend literally call me within about four hours. or well, She texted me, actually, saying, look, what do you want? What sort of figure? And I went, well, I don't know. And I just, I don't know, spun a really spazzy figure out in the air that was quite high, thinking, well, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, you know, we'll go for it. She then rung me about four hours later um, and said, I've got you your money. Um, and I was quite stunned, really. Um, and then it, it turned out a lot more than I asked for, to be honest. Um, a hell of a lot more. So that enabled us to do all of the national teams uh, and all of the women. So then I thought, well, you know, we're off on a flying start. Let's see how we can push it. I'd love every team to have a kit. Um, and then the donations kept coming in and the sponsors kept coming in. Um, lots of people were telling me to like name my campaigns to call it Erin's Angels because it was my idea, uh, which I initially did. Um, I got a bit of a kickback off one individual um, saying it wasn't all about me, um, which I, I took on board. And I'm like, OK, well, fair enough. I didn't really want to name it or anything to do with Adam because obviously it's still quite raw. Mm. Um, so then we came up with Adam's Angels. Um, simply because it's in memory of Adam and the, the angels are the sponsors that have obviously come to the court to help make this uh, mission possible. So the ethos is on, on game day, Adam and his team of angels will be on your bench. So that that really is how it happened. Um, we've raised enough money now that I think it's going to be about 170 kits wow. uh, are going to be going out. Yeah, we've got another 112 have gone and then we've got the juniors um going out with Team England and Team Scotland. Um, Hockey Station came in and sponsored Team GB, so they used all the money from their net guards to help with this campaign. So big shout out to them. And then the big sponsors that we had, Rockstone, so Lou Katz, James Potter. We had um, Stacey Akers, JH Catering, a commercial catering company. Uh, Becky Philpott, she's from Legends Bar and Grill, Legends of Eltham. So uh, check them out if you really like your American food. It's amazing. Um, Stevenson's Mercedes, they're um, clients of mine. So Lou, Connor and Steve. Um, Mike Clancy from Clancy's Goalie Clinic. We had so many coming in, I'm trying to remember. Uh, we had a really lovely company, one of the Leeds fans, uh, Nicola Matthews. I wanted to put little like business cards in with each kit with Adam's Angel stuff on it. So they helped uh print these these kit like i don't know cards that have gone out so we had i think they'd run us off about 400 i think it was something insane um so 200 have been used and utilized and then we've got more going down in the pipeline but she works for a company called the hague group so uh they're not on social media so i couldn't really tag them that much but yeah that was done by them uh so yeah it's been pretty nuts really when you look at it of what was achieved but as I said it wouldn't have been possible without the sponsors and the, the general hockey family that I think them alone raised three grand just over so yeah. it was pretty amazing you can never really underestimate the hockey family and everything they do can't indeed they're a special breed of people I have to say and it's beautiful to be part of sometimes um so yeah it's, it's a unique and amazing sport and I think unless you work in it um or you're involved in it you don't quite appreciate it so, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty something special. Yeah, so you've now supri- supplied catastrophic bleed kits to every team in the National League, the one... Yeah, so we've pretty one. much done... Yeah, we've done every team in the National League, uh, National 1, North and South, National 2, North and South, 
the Scottish National League, uh, the Paras. We've done the Elite League. We've also done the Women's Elite League, Women's National 1, Women's National 2. Um, one kit's going to be going down to the Ozone. We've got the GB Ice Crushers. They're going to be getting a kit. Uh, we've got 43 junior clubs. They're going out and getting kits. Um, we've had seven go to Team GB. That went to Dr. Matt Robbins last week, or they did. Um, and then on top of that, we've also got four going to Team Scotland and eight going to Team England. Excellent stuff. You, you can't really can't really argue with the effort that you've put in. As you said, I know you didn't want it to be all about you, but someone had to sign of get that initiative out. Well, there. someone had to spearhead it, and I suppose it's the joys of ADHD. You just you just once you get your bit between your teeth, you want the mission done. So that's uh, part of my my brain work. <laughs> well, a massive congratulations to you and for the rest of the team that helps you for, for getting it done and getting it out there. I'm sure, yeah, thank you. I'm sure everyone. I know everyone appreciates it, and I know they hope they just don't have to use it. No, I really hope no one has to use it, I have to say. But, um, but yeah, so the kits are phenomenal. Um, they are public access bleed control kits. We used a charity called the Daniel Baird Foundation, um, and their supplies called Turtle Defibrillate Tablets. So these guys have been sending these out. I know there was a little bit of a, um, something was raised about, obviously, the concerns around them, that they weren't suitable for anyone else but healthcare professionals, but that's absolutely wrong. Um, five pounds from every single kit has actually gone to help the Daniel Baird Foundation. Um, and Dr. Lynn Baird is the person that invented these kits. Um, so if people want to research about more about them, please check out the Daniel Baird Foundation as well, because we've also been able to support them. And they've been really, really great with our campaign too. Excellent stuff. Well, what we'll do, we'll leave that there because I just wanted to get this out there about the, the great work Angels has done. But you're an incredibly busy person, and we'll try and nail, nail you down and get a good sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, and chat about We will do. Thank you. Nice one. Cheers. A massive thank you to Erin Rose for joining me on the podcast. It was so good to finally get that chat done and get that news out there about all the incredible work that Adam's Angels has done since its inception. Since its inception. And a massive congratulations to Erin and all the other sponsors that are, and fundraisers that have been involved in that project. Fixtures for the coming weekend then. All eight teams are in action. The Saturday sees the City Stars travel to the Slough Jets for retro nights and those green jerseys are out again. 6.30 face-off at the Hagger. And the first of a double-header as the Stretton Redhawks host the Invicta Dynamos for a 5.30 face-off on the high road. Sunday then sees that return as the Redhawks head to the stables for a 5.45 face-off at Invicta. The Thunderdome will see the Slough Jets face the MK Thunder in a 6.45 face-off from Planet Ice Milton Keynes. And the Chieftains make the trip to the Oxpens to face the City Stars. And finally, the Solent Devils, buzzing from their six-point week, will head to the Sapphire to face the Swashbuckling Buccaneers. Thank you to everybody for listening. A massive Happy New, Happy New Year to you all. Welcome back. We've got some great content coming up in the next few weeks and some exciting news about the podcast coming as well. So make sure you follow on all the social medias, subscribe on all the listening platforms and YouTube. Check out the ZPG merch store via the link tree on the socials. And of course, don't forget to check out hockeyartclothing.co.uk and get your 10% discount off everything site-wide using the code ZP10. Once again, thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. Network.